So, as per, my name is Ken, and I am joined by Jen. Hi. Hi, Jen. Uh, Hi. <laughs> and I'm always joined by Ed. Hello. Hello. Right. So, on this apparently very silly episode of Games Realm, we're going to be talking about iconic moments in video games whether they mean a lot to you whether they're just badass or for whatever reason something that's just sort of stopped you dead in your tracks and you're like yeah i'm in this is awesome or something that like took your breath away or it doesn't have to be the same as that's on every list video on youtube it's stuff that is for you where it's like wow this is awesome there will be ones that i imagine are quite common so let's get into it the way we're going to do it rather than being like what are your favorite things we'll probably pick like two or three each and then okay. we'll do some honorable mentions does that sound good yeah. cool let's go right out so we'll go ladies first ed so <laughs> 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 i just wanted to throw you off it's it's, no. Ge- it's Gemma, really so no no no, no. 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 <laughs> okay right ed so right. tell me something legendary to you iconic An iconic moment in gaming this was uh, for me the moment it became mainstream and kind of stopped being in arcades and was probably under the tv in every household you could think of and that is the nes the console introduced kind of like gaming to the masses um, okay yeah it's like um it's not a say um, an iconic game moment, but an iconic moment. No, in game. that's that that is a cool care for. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, like I've been thinking about iconic moments in gaming, but the most iconic moment for me, what got me into gaming properly, is the NES. The console itself has I- so many iconic IPs, so many iconic moments in gaming, but without the actual console being so legendary, so genre-defining and era-defining, it is more iconic than any game that's on there. Well, that right, so roll credits, okay? That's, that's yeah. a big well, yeah. curveball. Wait, that is... <laughs> we can't follow that, what the hell? Yeah. Oh, we can, because it's also got the best ever slogan in gaming, now you're paying with power. So <laughs> it's my favorite yeah. thing. Uh, we have uh, we'll we'll we won't fully tangent, but that era is the era of Sega does what Nintendo and all that sort of stuff. But I think we'll talk about that another time. I think we have before. But yeah. that era of gaming in itself is legendary to me. That when I think of video games, that's the first things I think of. Yeah. Like I always think of like, you know, NES, SNES, Genesis Mega Drive, where are you from? That kind of thing. And like you said, it's interesting because you said about IPs. There's so many long standing IPs from that era yeah. as well. Still, mainly platformers, let's be honest. You know, you Mega Man's, you Mario's, you Sonic's. Well, that's because like, you're limited, limited to the hardware and it was easy to do your 2D platformers. But the thing is, the amount of things yeah. they did with that platform, that, you yeah. know, that, that power was really good. And I think it's something, is it something daft like you can only have 23 colours or 23 different notes on a NES? Like yeah, it's, it's so limited in terms of, if you look at the But the amount of stuff they've done with it is ridiculous. Yeah, so. the amount of like space on an NES cartridge is laughable in today's standards. What's also laughable is the size of the NES cartridge when you actually take it off and it's like yeah. <laughs> the motherboard's like a tiny like it's like a stick of RAM. <laughs> it's <just> like, <laughs> why is it I know it needs to be propriety, but why is it like the size of a slab? So <laughs> crazy. Yeah, but everything about that console, like I said the cartridge, the controller, even down to the the shape of the console and the font they used on the console. Mm. You see that and you instantly recognize the Spider Man three font on PS3s, right? So less <laughs> That's just that's just a Sony Flex. 
It probably was one of them. <laughs> like, yeah, like, look at us. We've got Spider-Man. We're going to bang it on a PlayStation. We've got angsty <laughs> Spider-Man in the Venom suit. And now we've got a console. Suck it, Xbox. Yeah. So. I'm honestly surprised they didn't do a black symbiote Spider-Man version of the PS3. Mm. There's still time. <laughs> well, even over two generations on from that there's still time there's always time Ed. <laughs> they'll bring out the PS3 mini like in like 20 years time whatever and they'll do mm. one with the symbiote thing on it just for you yeah and they'll get Toffer Grace to release it the guy who played Venom in Spider-Man 3 <laughs> I thought you called him Toffy Grace <laughs> Toffy Grace my mate Toffy Grace I said Toffy Grace I bet everybody's missed us. So. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Game's round. So. <laughs> Good. Right. Uh, Gem, have you got one? Off the top of my head, um, I don't think he's actually talked about as much these days as it was back then. But, like, the like because Uncharted 2 is everybody's favourite. It's not my favourite, but it's everybody's favourite. And the scene that I think is what made it was like literally the opening scene where Nathan Drake is hanging off the train uh, off the side of the cliff. Mm-hmm. Very it's, cool scene. It was, such, it was such an iconic moment for a lot of gamers in the PS3 era because it was something that it was on a scale that apparently had never been done before. And it was, it was highly talked about. I was reading an article about it a couple of weeks ago, actually. Apparently it was a huge topic of conversation when that game first released. Like it was so many people in the gaming industry as well said that it was just it was on a scale that people had never seen before like naughty dog had done something unexpected something new i think that's that. quite yeah and and like i think i think that one's that one kind of comes to mind for me just because like i think it just paved the way for for naughty dog being more recognizable i think uncharted 2 kind of brought them into the light a little bit more after mm-hmm. that so i think that's a very iconic moment in video games yeah Definitely. I got into Uncharted when I just before Uncharted 2 came out. So I used to work at my local Blockbuster like years ago. Mm. And I was an Xbox 360 guy. Like I'd hardly played anything on PS3. And I said to my boss at the time, I was like, what's exclusive? Like, you know what? What's awesome? Because I went uh, PS1 to, then I went to 360 and then back to PS3. So I was like, I've missed some stuff. Because why don't you try the Uncharted games? And I was like, okay, cool. And Uncharted 1 was kind of fun. It was all right. I was like, okay. And mm-hmm. that was like in the October, and then there was like, oh, by the way, I chatted two that in November. I was like, whoa. So, <laughs> so I remember one of my picks when I was there is that you could rent games before they came out. And I remember putting it on, I was like, holy butts, this is ridiculous. Why is he hanging yeah. out of a train? This is yeah. nuts. And yeah, the scale it was, of it was yeah. crazy. Yeah. Like um, it was that thing where it was bigger, but not for the sake of being bigger. It had a reason, it was a big impact. Yeah. On the, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Like, it's easy to do peril for the sake of peril, but that felt it was totally perfect for the game it was introducing you to. I love how they redefined the adventure genre. Like, the, just everything about it, like the, the way the characters talk to each other, the gunplay, the adventure, like the exploration and puzzles. And then they had this, um, felt like it was peril on rails. Like, yeah. whenever you jump for something, you'd like occasionally slip and put your hand up. And for the first few times you see it, you think, oh my God, he's going to fall. Before you realize it's already scripted in that it was going to happen. Yeah. But these moments of peril, like pull you into as a gamer. And like the big moments in the Uncharted games, uh, like in Uncharted 3, flying out the back of the plane, that's the biggest moment in Uncharted 3. 
like these big moments, like like you said, it's not peril for the sake of peril. These things are, are very heavily ingrained in the narrative because Uncharted isn't about the action; it's about the characters, and they they've always done that balance really well. It's like they've taken the best bits from Indiana Jones. Like he's not an adventurer at heart; he's a teacher. Yeah. But he finds himself in these situations that are beyond his control, and he's just yeah. an ordinary man who has no fighting skills, and he's up against whatever he's dealing with, and he's just trying to do the best he can. They've managed to get that essence and perfectly move it into another character mm. and it works fantastically right. cool kev mine's a little bit cheaty because it's a franchise one but it happens like in every single one so it's okay plus like a little bonus pilot so mine is every time you get the master sword yeah in zelda particularly my favorite two breath of the wild because you have to this is interesting this one because you have to have 13 hearts to actually do it, because it does take your health off you as you do it, which I thought was really cool, instead of just being like, I'll go find it. Like, (laughs) once once you do, there's such a, like, you have to go through, like, the forest and stuff, but that's a a labyrinth puzzle on its own. It's like, you don't just go get it. There is a whole thing about it, which is really cool. And then you've got to have experienced so much of it, or played enough of it, so, like, you know, you'd be into it by then. So when you get the sword, it's like, holy shit, here we go. This is where it really opens up. And you've already, you know, stacked in like 20 30 hours and then you get the sword and then it really opens up and it's like holy shit that's cool yeah um when you get the sword in a link to the past because still one of the greatest games of all time and again the three amulets come up and then you get the music and everything you do it and then suddenly instead of being in the forest like full of shadows it opens up and it's like fuck let's go this is awesome do that go to the palace cool have a fight with you know halftime bad guy okay and then and then you turn into the dark world and then it starts like, you know, all this is just whistling and stuff. And then it's got stuff on like, you know, the screen we've been taught telepathically. And then does the cool little spin, does that, waves the sword and then the music starts. And it's like all about it. Oh, let's go. <laughs> let's fucking go. My afternoon is done. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, any time a Zelda, any Zelda game where you get something like that, there's always a big thing about it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And they make it special, and it's not, oh, they've just got the Master Sword again. Like, there's always a cool, different thing each time they do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Nintendo are shameless at, like a lot of people, I suppose, rehashing the same story or the same game and the same franchise, yada, yada, and, you know, but they're good at it, so they get, they get away. But at least this time, they actually put an effort in. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like, like, oh, look, yeah. there's more Donkey Kong bananas. Cool. So, <laughs> it's like, I, I love the um, Master Sword reveal in Ocarina of Time. I know you're not really a huge fan of that. that trying, game. trying again. Because yeah. I've got my 79th Switch and I've got N64 online now. So, we're trying again. But when you get the Master Sword then and then you time travel and then you're in this like apocalyptic version of the world that you were just in as a child. I, this is cool. Yeah, it's, it's brilliant. It's great. It's like it completely flips the game on its head, and you're having to rediscover everything that was lost. Would you say it's out of time? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Okay, I'm now muted for ten minutes. Yeah. Get get time out. Yeah, time out, Kev. Ocarina of time out. I'm sorry. Somebody play the lullaby and I'll go to sleep. It's fine. I can imagine now giving my giving my daughter time out when she's naughty. She's sat on a naughty step playing an ocarina really sadly. <laughs> <laughs> she's got a little link get up on and everything. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that was my little cheaty one where it is any 
Zelda Master Sword slash Dark World in A Link to the Past. Right, my next pick. This is going to be a bit of a curveball because I don't think you think I'm be picking this one. Stop it! <laughs> yeah, I'm full of them today. Um, full of summon. Yeah. <laughs> um, Final Fantasy VII when Aerith gets killed. Holy fuck, oh. you didn't do that. That was my I, thing. Yeah. I'm so glad you said it, because I didn't want to be too cliche again and say Final Fantasy VII. I know. That's why I brought it up, because okay. it, no one would expect the guy who hates Final Fantasy to pick it. Show me if you ever heard of Halo. It's dead good. Ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was playing it yesterday. <laughs> yeah, it's this big green dude called Master G. It's awesome. So. <laughs> Yes, Aerith's death in Final Fantasy VII is one of the most iconic moments in gaming ever. It's still mm-hmm. at like it's yeah. still in like what the top three today, like twenty, however many years on. <laughs> I cannot listen to that theme tune without shedding a tear. Literally, even if I'm like absolutely fine, yeah. Even if I'm having a brill day and everything's awesome, a little man tear will just fall yeah. out my if, eye. It'll if you want, if you want to get your weep on, that's yeah. how you do it. It is one of the songs that if you need to have a cry, put it on. Yeah, that 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 theme song is PTSD incarnate. Let's mm. face it. Yeah. I think God, that, it's going to be in four K. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that moment is the exact moment gaming grew up. Mm. Ooh, mm. I am intrigued. I yes, yeah. I agree. Okay. There's been games like Resident Evil and mm. like games that were aimed at a more mature audience, but they never really dealt with mature themes like yeah. death and loss and. And as as, not in that way. Not in that way. Nothing that visceral. But how much does that? Because that's the whole point of the plot. Yeah. As well, which again, that's amazing storytelling. And it came mm. out of nowhere. Yeah. Like you formed this bond over the first act of that game, and then you get this white material, and you think everything's going to be all hunky dory, and Sephiroth comes out of nowhere and just plunges his sword in her, and it was like fantastic. I know I, that's probably I the still... wrong word to use, but no, no, in, it, in it no, it's, yeah. it's it was. The thing is, the thing that will make you laugh, and if you've ever played it and done that scene as well, you relate to this. Like, you know, when he burns down a town and he's butchered Cloud's mom and he's done this. But when he kills Aerith, that guy's a fucking dick. So, like, right. that's, that's the point when you think, because through this yeah. guy. Because you, you hear, like you say, in, in stories and films, you see people dying as part of a, pl- a plot point. Yeah. But when you see someone die in, a, a, like, that like you've grown attached to, that you've had this narration and they've brought you brought along for this ride and you've formed this emotional connection and then they die. It hits you so much harder. Oh, it sucks because you lose all of your equipment as well. Yeah. When you see some of it in No, because when you see it in your inventory afterwards and it was like, But that was Eris. Ah. <laughs> and it's like and it's that but like as you say, when you play the rest of the game and hear stuff's like, you know, unequipped in that and it's like yeah. then you remember why it's unequipped and you're like Oh, now, now it's really sad. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah, that, yeah, beautiful. I still remember the first time playing through it. I think I was like eight, nine years old mm. <laughs> the I'd first have, time I played through it. I'd have um, been 11 and I cried. I remember I've cried my fucking eyes out. I don't, I don't remember crying, but I do remember just being very shocked. Like, yeah, I was shocked. It's, it I... like, yeah, it like, it still hit me, but I, I don't remember crying. But like, yeah, I think that was like one of the first really big moments in a game I'd played where I was like, what? <laughs> and then you have to do a fucking boss fight afterwards. Like, what? Yeah. When, oh isn't like, her theme song is still playing over the boss fight, oh, isn't no. it? Oh, my God. Yeah. A literal heartbreak. It's crazy. So, yeah. is, I can't believe that, like, 
that's still a moment that people talk about so much to this day as well and like and that we're gonna get to relive it soon so that's gonna be fun <laughs> but do we hmm. yes yes we do because if, if we don't if, if, we, don't, if we don't do we a final fantasy 7 remake without that moment but it's then it's not a re then you've done it wrong <laughs> re-roll rebirth whatever you want rerun yeah <laughs> rehash right go on then gem Okay, well, staying on the Final Fantasy streak, the ending of Final Fantasy X is iconic to me. Okay. What a good fucking ending. Like, oh, just, it's like, it's like a, a seven, eight minute long cutscene. The, the music over the top of it is just one of the best tracks on the entire soundtrack. Like, just that whole ending scene is just gorgeous from top to bottom. Mm-hmm. That's Enough. a very iconic thing for me. And nothing ever happened ever again in the Final Fantasy X universe. No, nope, it did not. That's where no. it ended. And that's, that's why that's, it. that's why there'll be ten three, just like Goat Simulator three is a thing. There is no two. <laughs> so, but no, fully agree. The music, everything, the fact that it was, yeah. you know, beautiful. They didn't have to continue it. They didn't. They that could have just been a very solid standalone game. Um, yeah. That ending just worked it worked for everything that had happened throughout the rest of the game it worked for the story it worked for the themes it worked for the characters they, they didn't have to continue it but that in that entire ending cutscene is amazing mm. i absolutely love that ending cutscene mm-hmm. i'd say no spoilers it's an old game but i still don't want to spoil it because i'm going to replay it for like the seven millionth time so what right, was my one my, your number two my number two is God of War 2018, when you get the Blades of Chaos again. So, mm. yeah, because it had such an impact from a story point, and also they are cool as they get. So it's yeah. that whole thing where, like, you, you, have you played God of War, Ed? Um, not or do you know much one. about the story, or do you know anything about it? Or, okay. I, I've played the originals on the PS2, and that's as okay. far as I've got. Okay, no. So, so, so I know the say. big two twin blades with chains and Brilliant, exactly that. Yeah. Exactly that. So I'll give you the incredibly bite-sized sort of like chestnut version of it. Basically, God of War 1, 2, and 3 happens. Um, At the end of God of War 3, Kratos stabs himself with big giant Zeus sword and then sort of like bleeds all over the place, camera cuts back to him, and then there is blood off cliff. So you can imagine where he's gone swimming. And then after that, 2018 happens. Here is Kratos that is now dad of boy. And now has big <laughs> scar across chest and everything. And Kratos has actually fallen in love with uh he calls her Faye, but she's the Greek god of so she's the Norse god of someone else, and it's Lafayette or something like that. Um there's a whole thing about it. But yeah. And that's his missus, and then they have Atreus and this that and the other. Uh, Atreus was actually named after one of his general friends back in Greece, but you wouldn't know that unless you did the thing. Um yeah. and basically he wants to, instead of being who he was in the original games, where he was all bloodthirsty and maniacal, well, not maniacal, but he just wanted to murder everyone. That yeah, full of vengeance. Yeah, 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 yeah. Super vengeance, of course. Um, basically, he wants to put all that behind him, and he wants to live as a man, not as a god. He wants to just be a father. He just wants to do this, that, and the other. But he has to, on his adventures with Atreus, has to go to Helheim. And because it's a frost axe and he is in the deepest part of hell, which is frozen, his frost axe will not work. Hmm. So he has to, whilst Atreus is conveniently ill and out of the picture, go and get his old blades. And when he's 
in the boat on the way back, um, he has flashbacks and like visions of um, Athena and Zeus and this and the other from his past, mm. saying that you you will not be a man, you will always be a monster, and this and the other. And he just turns around and plies and goes, "No, I won't be your monster." And then he rips out these blades, and it's like. Oh, Fuck, here we go. And then you walk out the back door of the house, and there's a million bad guys, and then all the music kicks in. And you just fling these blades everywhere. Like, you've just, like, put, I don't know, what was it called? An actual replay in the back of your PS5 and put, like, super mad mode on the Chaos Blades. And it's so rad. It's (laughs) so cool. But it's just the way he does it. He looks up and says, no, I'm not yours. And then he just murders everything. And I'm like... Let's go. Yeah. Let's There's go. so many iconic moments off a tangent on that where you've been reunited with a piece of gear or a weapon or some trinket that mm. just enables you to go that tier higher. Yeah. yeah. It's like when you get the bat suit in Arkham City. It's like that's right at the beginning of the game, but it's so yeah, awesome. You get to... the, the trophy that says, I am the bat. And it's yeah. Like, yes, me. <laughs> and then you get, like, the Master Sword falls into this as well. Or when you play Metroid and you start getting like power ups or Mega Man or yeah. something along that lines yeah. where you just like. You're... You've definitely stolen three of my mentions, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. one of them, um, small tangent. Um, when you mentioned about the bat suit, one of mine was actually going to be at the end of Arkham City when the Joker dies. Oh, Arkham Asylum. Oh, no, it's Arkham City. Yeah, sorry. Because he, he gets all jokered up in the um Get all joked up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Up. But, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's the bit where he dies and he carries him out of the theatre. But also during the credits where the Joker starts singing over voicemails and it's like, fuck. Yeah. Dude, that's eerie as sin. It's so good, so... Yeah, well, I won't go into it further because I've stolen someone's go. So, as I say, that's a little bonus one for you. But go on, Ed. It's your yeah. go again. Right. My, this iconic moment kind of falls into like a few different games. But it's when you've done the tutorial and you go off into the bigger world. Like you see it a lot in like Fallout, Elder Scrolls, or big RPGs. Once you've gotten out of that little tutorial and you realize how big the world is. Breath of and, the Wild. Yeah. And it does the little plinky plonky, and then it's like, by the way, here's the entire planet. So, yeah. <laughs> it's like the one that got it for me was Oblivion on the 360. When you, co- yeah. when you come out of the sewer and you come out in the daylight, and it is just a whole world, and you've got, you can go off and do what you want from that point. And the choices and the possibilities are just mind blowing for someone who had never played an Elder Scrolls game at that point. And to say, right, off you trot, do what you want. And it was just overwhelming for me because I can't, I think for the first 20 hours of me playing Oblivion, mm. I'd never even seen an Oblivion game. I just wandered oh. and explored. Mm. I think RPGs are a bit of a cop out though, really, aren't they? Because yeah. you never find the Elder Scroll. You do in, um, what is it, Skyrim? I think in the Thieves' Guild, you do a mission to steal one. Well, not the Elder Scroll. It's one of the Elder Scrolls. Not the Elder Scroll, is it? No, not the. Like you, but there's, you, you, what, you don't like find you don't, you don't find the Elden Ring or the Dark Soul. I think it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and what is the Legend of Zelda? Nothing but a legend, my friend. Yes. A legend that is told many ways, many times. Well, it's fucking. I'll, don't get me on the Zelda timeline, Jesus. So, <laughs> so yeah. 
uh... yeah, but it's like that moment in, like, say, it's like in Horizon uh, when you start exploring outside your village. <laughs> so Jim just like, oh, right? yeah. <laughs> back. Three, two, one, yeah. back in the room. So yeah, it's like that moment where you kind of take it off your rails and the safety that's off, and you're there to go about your business. And it's in so many games, and it's done so many ways but that moment is always like fantastic when you just mm. realize this is your quest this is your job this is your life go go live it and it's always fantastic and it's done like I say it's done so many times in so many ways but it's such a real like a good feeling when you're finally off on your way it's because that's like that's a big moment in a story always yeah. like that is that is the time your adventure begins and that's the part mm. that everybody waits for it's like we just want like we want the introduction and everything and then it's like okay now you can go off into the world and do what you got to do and it's like can't wait this is exciting yeah. <laughs> this is, like i say the best one i've played recently was ghost of tsushima um mm. when you're like doing the initial bit and like learning all your skills and then you get your horse and trundle off and then it's got the intro scene and mm. you're running through all these like fields on your horse and you've got the music in the background and it's absolutely a beautiful scene. Have you just um, off your PlayStation or something? <laughs> <laughs> what's happening? It's, I mean, it's brilliant, but what's happening? Look, I've got iconic Xbox moments as well. Right, next one. Who is it? Is it it's Gemini. Gem. It is Gem. Yeah. It is. Wow. Uh, we're circling quite fast, aren't we? Um, wow. I can do another so one whilst many. you think. Yeah, you, you go with yours and then I'll do mine. <laughs> okay. Well, we're not beat one. I'm going to go with when you go to the Mushroom Kingdom in Super Mario Odyssey. Mm. Because it is a full throwback to Mario 64. And it's not so much an iconic moment in the definition of an iconic moment, but it showcases new technology doing something from an iconic game yeah and i freaked out when i saw this i was like <laughs> oh my god because it didn't it didn't just do the 64 one it did super mario world because when you first start super mario world and you go to the little like it's not even a level it's like yoshi's house yeah yeah and it has the, like the little sort of like the little jump box and the little trees and everything and they recreated it as a fucking floating island and that i was like dude that's this cool. is so awesome. And then, like, but you can get to that bit before you complete the game, and then you see it in the distance. You're like, oh my god! And then, like, <laughs> yeah, when you complete in commas, complete the story, and there's others, oh, these bonus levels you can go to the rest of it and stuff. And it's like a full recreation of it, but it's not just like here's like you know a model of it or anything. It's a full level in its own right. Yeah. So yep. you can get like a billion power moons on it, and I'm. They changed the power moons to stars and did the 64 noise instead. And I was just oh. like, full chef's kiss to all of this. <laughs> it was so good. And then they had Yoshi on the top of the castle, just like the original. <laughs> and I was just like, everything about this is incredible. I so. love nostalgia done right. Right. Yeah. This is it. It's not like, yeah. oh, cool. We, we remember that game, but you'll never play it again. No, yeah. it's like, here well, it we, is. We it remember is that you remember. Look. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and like when you go into the level in '64, when you would jump into a painted style level, you can do boss fights and stuff from Odyssey if you jump into a painting with the same sound effect. And I was like, oh, this is so good! Just do the whole game, please. Yeah. So, 
did that I, I haven't reached that point in Odyssey yet. Um, I was fine with that. No, um, I knew it was there. Um, but no. have they done any of the slide missions from 64 as a way of getting a, a power? No, mission? no, <sighs> I wish they did. But ironically, you've just found out my ringtone. So, oh. <laughs> <laughs> such so, a good song. I know. I can do some teeny tiny ones without much context. Um, you can do where you blow up Megaton in Fallout 3. Uh, the suicide missions for Mass Effect 2. Oh, that was going to be my next one. Uh, Lee's death from yeah. Walking Dead. I was going to say that one as an honorable mention. And Far Cry 3, the definition of insanity. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> In the bin, please. <laughs> That Good game Lord. was awesome at its time, and it was an yeah. awesome uh, speech, but they ruined the character and wasted the rest of it. But yeah. that's all I'm going to do, because I'm not baiting Jem. I'm not baiting Jem. Oh, she didn't get baited. <laughs> she got jibated. Oh, my God. You can hear the eyes roll over the internet. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So, I don't mean, I don't mean to, to dislike it as much as I do, but it's all I heard for months was just people saying, do you know the definition of insanity? And I'm just like, please stop. Like, I, it, it was good at the time. I don't care now, but it was good at the yeah. time. <laughs> they beat it to death. And then it got beat to death even more. And it just needed... I, I, <sighs> I can't even describe I'm how. I'm so proud. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, have you got one now, Jen? I do. Um, it wouldn't be a uh, Games Round podcast without me mentioning Destiny. So, uh, Cade's death. Oh. Not just not just Cade's death, but his entire mission is iconic to me. Like the. Nathan was right. So Nathan Fillion and Nolan North split the job between his dialogue for the level and the cutscene. And both of them were obviously incredible. They sound the same, which will never cease to be. I never realized that was split. Uh, Yes, it was split between Nathan Fillion did the cutscenes and Nolan North did the uh, in level dialogue. And yeah, just. Just seeing Cade Six having fun and being yeah. Cade Six throughout the entire level was just incredible. And then um, the, you know, the moment that he, um, the, the moment that you find his body and he and he dies in front of you was just, it, it hit so hard. Yeah. It was weird how hard it hit. That's what got me. Um, I love it. It's one of my favorite levels in the entire of Destiny history. It's yeah. incredible. So the reveal good. got me when they did it in a. CGI trailer mm-hmm. like randomly during like an E3 or whatever it was. Yeah. Is that, oh by the way, Kate's dead. What the fuck? They, they could have <laughs> done they could have done the reveal for uh Forsaken in any any way they wanted to and instead they just hit us immediately with Cade's gonna get shot. But like it's, it's like literally a, a sixty or ninety second clip in it. It's not even Yeah. It's not even that long and everybody just collectively lost their fucking minds like it was insane yeah um and then you actually get to play that level and like you already knew what was coming which i kind of liked that you already knew that it was coming because you didn't actually get to see obviously they didn't show you how it all played out um so i'm not like that doesn't phase me at all but then you actually get to play the level and and like cade six just being himself and having fun with what he does being a guardian was just 
it was just such a good time yeah. and then and then it flips it and it's heartbreak and tears and and anger and i want revenge and <laughs> it was just incredible what well, it is my most favorite moment in all of destiny it's it's just it was just too good so i i, I played i've played as a hunter since destiny one and and to see Cade just get gunned down like that mm. it was I, it was hard i still maintain that it was probably the worst but also best decision they made um worst because the game lacks something in character since Cade left there's not really been anybody that's kind of taken his place which yeah, in no a way is, is nice yeah yeah there's there's no comedic relief yeah. um but it but it was also the best thing that they did because everybody loved Cade if you're going to pick somebody to kill off you pick the one people love the most that will oh, have the most impact so oh Cade cool it's such a double-edged sword, but yeah. it was a good choice. Well, what I think was lacking from Destiny was you see all these villains getting killed, mm. all these like big monsters and stuff, but there's no peril on the light side, mm-hmm. and that added that into the game that nobody everything is invincible. changed. Yeah, everything changed after Cade died. Um, everything that is happening in Destiny right now, narratively, is happening because Cade died. Oh, well, oh, because of the person that killed Cade. It's all happening because of that moment. Everything in the Destiny story is just snowballed because of that moment, um, which is is actually kind of impressive. <laughs> yeah. But the fact that they didn't um, wuss out and say it was a bait and switch, they kept, mm-hmm. to, they kept with it. Stuck and, to the guns. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yes, absolutely. Because they could have easily given way to fan reaction. And said, so, "Oh, by the way, um, he's not really dead. It was a, yeah. it was a fake Kate Seven. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like psych, he's back because he's an EXO. He they could have said, oh, he's been brought back in another body, or he's yeah. digital data somewhere.' There was a whole argument about it, wasn't there, for ages? Mm. Like they could bring him back. No, they can't bring him back, but they could, and it just went on for it months. It reduces the impact. It's yeah. Like, yeah, it does. Yeah. So, who's got another one? Because I have three left. Yeah, I have three left." Is it honourable mentions? Yeah, let's do honourable yeah. mentions. Okay. Uh, do you want to go first, men- Dan? Yeah, honourable mention for me, um, the bait and switch from Metal Gear Solid 2, Gross. where you thought it was a snake game Sorry. and then it turned into a Raiden game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and the way they kept it quiet, <laughs> and I loved that they, they expanded the Metal Gear universe. Mm. And because Snake was so iconic from mm. the first two Metal Gear games, the Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, and then to seemingly for more than half a game feel like you've killed the character off, only yeah. for him to you notice that he's uh, undercover. I remember my brother being really confused with that game. Yeah, he was like, "I don't care about Raiden at all." Yeah, <laughs> he was like, "What's happening?" A lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people guy. didn't, but because you got the first half of that game essentially as a demo with Zone of the Enders, and yeah, people, some people thought that game with Zone of the Enders. I love that game. I'm. I am crying for that to come out again. And my other honourable mention for now was, they kind of touched on it with Arkham City, but the way the Joker was a hallucination in the Arkham Knight. Yes. I enjoyed the, the back and forth and the um, the fact they never really revealed that um, going into the game. And then all of a sudden you realise that you're infected through the Joker toxin and Batman is not going to be able to recover from this, and he starts to hallucinate the Joker. That's his side that he's losing himself. Do you remember the scene where it happened, where you had the canisters, and the music mm. came on, 
dude so yeah. good and then you start like hopping to rooftops and then it's just like oh hey guys and you're like what the yeah. this is it's, it's <laughs> great it's like it's like this ghost it's like the it's like a ghost of remorse following him through the game and the whole game is about that's very mistakes. deep and that's very cool <laughs> it's, the whole game is about the mistakes of batman and his yeah. failings and that's where the story shines the most and the two biggest failings in batman was um the fact that he, he let the joker die and the fact that jason todd be, became the arkham knight mm. and they were both thrown headfirst at him and i thought it was fantastic yeah real good not, not keen on the old Batmobile, though. Oh, God, though. That is not an iconic moment. <laughs> Let's let us drive past that. So, well done. Hey. 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 Up to you, Gem. Do you want to go next, or do you want me? Yeah, you go. Okay. My three, which I will go through. Uh, Mega Man X, because it wouldn't be game drama if I didn't talk about Mega Man. Um, <laughs> Mega Man X still being one of the greatest games of all time. Um it's a cool thing where, like, in the first... The intro stage is iconic anyway, because it's awesome and it sets it all up. But when you go to the first level that you meant to play, which is Chill Penguins, you go into there and you start it, then you go to about halfway through the level, then there's a capsule you have to run through. And then suddenly, there's a hologram of Dr. Light, who's, like, the guy who created him, who's been dead for, like, 30 years, saying, X, I've hidden all these upgrades in the world. I need you to fight evil and this and the other and overthrow like Sigma and stuff. And it's like, whoa, you're dead. This is cool. Like, what? <laughs> From beyond the grave. And then like he gets like jet boots. So obviously he gets a brand new pair of Jordans. And it's like Mega Man gets like an awesome pair of shoes. And then he can like dash everywhere. And I'm like, holy fuck, this is where it begins. And then like, I don't know. If it's the fun side of finding all the upgrades in the game. It's like, it's the most, you know, it's such a common thing yeah. and all the rest of it. Yeah, but that but, moment when you complete the suit. Yeah, you yeah. start the suit, you get some cool, yeah, you get some cool shoes and you're like, cool, I can dash everywhere now. That's awesome. And now I know there's something in every level, so let's go get them. And mm -hmm. that makes you want to do it more. Narratively, it does help because later in the game, if Zero sacrifices himself, then you get his buster if you haven't got it already. It's a whole thing, so... But you think, these are like robot dudes. Why do I care? But then you think, this is actually really <laughs> cool. I'm in. So it was that. Uh, so there was that one. There was the Mario games from Mario 1 onwards. Warp whistles and warp sounds. Oh, yeah. In 1, 2 on Mario 1, when you break the ceiling, when you're underground, run all the way over and go to the warp zone. Still brill. Still brill. Love Easter eggs and secrets. I remember doing that for the first time, and I found it by accident. Yeah, yeah. You thought you thought you the game out. <laughs> I thought I was being clever. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, right, I'm going to skip the whole level because I can work on these blocks. Yeah, yeah. And I legged it to the end, and it's like, oh, wait a minute, welcome to Warp Zone. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what if I jump into this? Oh, wait a minute, I've skipped a whole part of the game. And then there was Warp Whistles in Mario 3. Yeah. I was like, what? 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 Ah. <laughs> And then the last one was Joel's lie in The Last of Us. The very end of the first Last of Us. Um, you, you get, you're really going with that moment. I am going with that moment. I'm not I going, thought you would have gone I'm, with the giraffes. Everybody goes with the goddamn giraffes. Every, everybody yeah. always talks about the giraffes being the most iconic moment. I, I think it is an iconic moment, but I don't think not it's the, the most, most iconic, iconic. Yeah. No, I, no. Like, it's a nice moment, don't get me wrong. But <laughs> Amongst all, like, death disease and zombies and stuff, and like, oh, that's kind of cute. But yeah, 
I think the Joel lying moment is more impactful. Well, yeah, yeah. true. And, uh, for the, for yeah. the story. Yeah, like, because yeah. when I remember the first time in 2013 when I played it through and I got all the way to the end, I was expecting this, you know, something, you know, some sort of clarity or some sort of... And it's like, no, that guy just straight up fucking lied and gunned everyone down. And I was like, well, okay then. And then obviously there was no plans for All Last of Us 2 at the time. Yeah. Or, well, yeah. d- there might have been, but there was you, there was no hint of it. No. That game could have been capped off and just left as it was. So I was like, yeah. well... What? He just killed everybody and nobody's I mean, going to be okay. There was that moment where it was like, uh, because of the way that they cut the scene, obviously, there was that moment where you see him driving away in the car, but you don't mm. see Ellie at first. And I was like, oh, he left her. Did he leave her? And then she's there and he and he lies. He doesn't tell the truth. And I was like, dang. And then when she confronts him after that and he still lies, I was yeah. like, Dang. This is it. He's doubled down on it. This yeah, like it. he's not letting that go. Yeah. No. But the the story's always hinted that he's he's a very morally grey kind of person. Like he never really oh, yeah. wanted to do this in the first place. No. What it's yeah. like you've got to think that well, we're going into episode ten territory. Yeah. Uh, this is like it's the whole thing where like obviously death and loss can make you act in different ways, especially if he's lost a daughter and now he's got like a daughter-like figure because of Ellie and all of that. So I can understand the logic. But he straight up fucking murdered everybody and, you know, could have like saved the world, but he did. So, <laughs> you know, fuck Joel. So now... <laughs> well, well, we made him do it, all right? We were the ones... We murdered those people. <laughs> yeah, I'm just not paying £70 on Friday to... To relift the meaning of loss, because I would have lost seventy quid. <laughs> so I'll get it eventually. But I am passively aggressively buying it in spite of everyone saying it's I'm not worth the money. <laughs> angrily going to buy it when it's half price. So I'll What's buy that? it like no, two thousand forty-five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I when, when it's being remastered like, again. I've played Last of Us One and Two in the past couple of years, so I have my memory is refreshed of the events of that. I am okay. With not yeah. playing that for now, yeah. Um, I mean, like visually, it's cool, but th- it, it makes me laugh because they're doing the fucking like. Here's the PS4 version. Here's the PS5 version. It's like, dude, it didn't even come out on PS4 properly. It was a remaster. It was literally a port. Why aren't they, why <laughs> so, aren't they showing the just PS3, do PS3 version? to PS5, yeah. and then that will be like, yeah, cool. Holy shit, look at this. I've seen I've seen a few PS3 versions, PS5, but it is mostly people comparing the remaster to yeah. um, the PS5 version. So. It's it's it don't matter what you point it is a cash grab, but they know what it's going to do, and it is a good game, so whatever. Yeah. So I get it. I feel bad for Naughty Dog because it's not them that put the price point on it. It was Sony. No, well, yeah, you know, Sony. Well, well, well. If we're Sony customers, we could get a little bit of money back. So, but I'm all out of moments and stuff. Unless anybody else has got any. No, so the only is yeah. The only other one that I mentioned there was one that you mentioned was the Suicide Running Mass Effect Two. Yeah, because, just because that game was so special to me, because it's like one of the first games I played on the hardest difficulty from start to finish. Did everything, played everything the game had to offer. Did all the DLCs. That's the culmination of all the effort, and then the fact that you pull out this massive cannon out the belly of your ship and blow this thing up, and all your crew survives if you do it right. And it's just the ending from that, like the the relief once you finish that mission and everybody comes back. Yeah, yeah, it's such a good feeling, and I've never felt that way about a game. Um, since then, I miss Mass Effect. No, I, I want to replay the um, 
but I'm 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 holding off because I still feel the game's too fresh in my mind, even though it's like I haven't played it since Mass Mass Three finished. I feel bad because the only one I genuinely really loved was Mass Effect Two. Like I wanted to, I've played them all for the sake of the story. I just don't give a fuck about one three or Andromeda, and yeah. I really want to, but I just can't. Yeah, I want to give Andromeda another go. I've still got the disc of it. It's not um, even the technical stuff that bothered me. I just played no. it. I was like, I'm just kind of bored now. So it's like I was so connected to Shepard going in with this new crew. Mm-hmm. It kind of I felt very disjointed. If it uh, didn't feel like um, it felt like a gen, like a, a cash grab spin-off, which it probably was. Mm. But they could have done more to pull me in. Yeah. But also, yeah. once again, it wouldn't be game drama that pouring one out for Anthem, what could have been. Right, yeah. Yeah. As soon as you said it, been. I was like, what could have been? Yeah. Uh, yeah. My last one, which I just thought of, because you mentioned Mass Effect and stuff as well, was um, when you first played Dead Space. And then you go into the Ishimura, and then everyone's dead, and you're like, what the hell's going on? Then all the lights go off, and all like, <laughs> the staff, like, everyone's dead, and like, all the lights start flashing. Like, the doors again. are like opening and closing, and suddenly fucking like ne- necromorphs and stuff just out of every vent and everything. And you're like, whoa, yeah. what's going on here? This is crazy. And it's like proper, that gets your adrenaline going. Then it does it again in Dead Space 2. Where, like, you're going to have psychiatric treatment because of how bad Dead Space 1 was, which, you know, it's a little bit close to real life. You go in, and the guy that you're speaking to, bearing in mind you're in a straitjacket, his head just explodes, and there's a big alien, like, literally in your face. It's like, bruh! <laughs> and then you run out the room with a straitjacket on whilst they start coming out of the walls again. It's like, this isn't fair, this is bullshit. But, like, <laughs> but, like your heart's like, probably, and I was like, I get that it's scary, but brilliant. And it's like, it's it's awesome. It's so good. But to me, like, iconic scares that aren't cheap jump scares. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. So when we played Dead Space 5, like, Callisto Protocol this year, I'm so excited. Oh, my God. Well, I'll uh, I'll just reel off mine. Like, I've been remembering them as we've all been talking. <laughs> Um, I won't go into detail on any of them or anything like that unless anyone's got anything to say about it. But um, you mentioned one earlier, Lee's death in Telltale's Walking Dead. We've got, well, I've got a few from The Last of Us, to be fair. But specifically, without spoiling it, Ellie leaving Dina in Last of Us Part 2. That scene. That scene is... Um, and then there's like Ellie and Joel's arguments, but there's quite a few. So you know, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna it's more than one, one of them. <laughs> yeah. Drama. Um, in Uncharted Four, uh, Nate and Elena talking about their marriage when Nate admits that he was being selfish and he was trying to protect himself and not her. I thought that was a big deal in that game. Dom's death in Gears of War. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And the when he finds his wife in the second one. I thought yep. that was a really cool moment. Mm. Yeah. I heartbreak. Um, and then, absolutely. And then my last one was at the end of Horizon Zero Dawn when Aloy finds Elizabeth Sobek on Earth. Oh, shit. Mm. Yeah, that was that was really good. That yeah. Really, really good. And that's it. That's all mine. <laughs> <laughs> Ironically, at the end of all this and these all amazing things, I can't get Marcus Phoenix's weird voice out of my head. You got, <laughs> did, you got, did you guys make it out okay? Like, oh. <laughs> damn, damn, and I'm just like, oh no, like when he's supposed to be dead, somber, and like you know, he's just died, and he's just like, 
And I'm just like, what's <laughs> no joke? It's like when he's um when you when you're shot and you're crawling across the floor. He sounds like a grizzly Rick James or something. I'm going, God damn. Grizzly James. <laughs> <laughs> well, as always on Games Round, we do like to uh to end on a high note. So yeah. Because yes. I mean a lot of those iconic moments are sad or tragic or yeah. just like well, really it's the emotions that stay with you. <laughs> yes. I think I think even though we've discussed them, we might have bastardized them a little bit with humor. So that's what you we know. do. It's what we do. That's what we do. Yeah. Don't forget to follow us. <laughs> yeah. We pull up the heart strings, but also the funny bones. <laughs> well, not the funny strings, but <laughs> <of> the heart. <laughs> right now, let's wrap it up. Um, basically, we haven't been around for a little while, we know. Um, so when we do come back and stuff, please remember to follow us on socials engage with us anywhere and anywhere you want to just get in touch with us if you want to talk about anything if there's any topics you want us to cover or anything you want to go further with please let us know because it's always fun to interact with you guys and it gives us fresh ideas as well right so i'm gonna peace out because it's about that time so bye bye <laughs> bye y'all